Hello, friend. Hello, friend, that's lame. Maybe I should give you a name. But that's a slippery slope. You're only in my head. We have to remember that. Shit, it's actually happened. I'm talking to an imaginary person. No. No? No, 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 you're not. I'm not? Well, I don't think so. Who are you? I'm Antonio, remember? Antonio Mazzaro? Yes, two Z's, one R. Oh my god, Antonio, what's up? This is awkward. I thought that I was talking to myself. Well, I mean, we talk so much, Josh, that I can understand where you blur the lines, but I am a real person, I think. All right, well, let's talk for realsies then. Uh, Let's hit some music. All right. Mr. Robot Season 1 is over and has been for a very long time, but we are just getting started talking about Mr. Robot anyway as we embark on Robot Road towards Mr. Robot Season 2. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Post Show Recaps. I'm Josh Wiggler. I'm joined here by a man who apparently is not my imaginary friend, Antonio Mazzaro. Antonio, what's going on? I am your real friend. You are my real friend. You're my real friend out here. Yes, I'm not your sham friend. I'm your real friend. You're my real friend who pronounces Mr. Robot, Mr. Robot. Sometimes I might robot it up. Sometimes you might robot it up. Sometimes you robot it up. But Antonio, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Summer almost. Spring is here. We're, we're heading towards summer. And summer marks a very important thing that's happening, Josh, in the world of television. Can you tell me what that is by any, by any guesses, Josh, as to what summer is going to bring us here? True Detective Season 3. Oh, boy. Not that. Uh, True Detective season four. Oh, they're probably. just like yada yadaing past True Detective season <laughs> three, and they're just going to go straight to season four. That you only yada yada the good parts. Oh, so, no, okay. So no. it must be Mr. Robot season two. That's what I was getting at. Yes, the second season of USA's Mr. Robot. Yes, second season of USA's Mr. Robot, a show that we did not podcast about last summer when Mr. Robot debuted. If you do not know what a Mr. Robot is, we are here to tell you all about that. But I would be surprised if you haven't at least heard the words Mr. and Robot used right next to each other as one phrase. (laughs) That's the name of a television show. This has been a very big name in the TV world recently, won a Golden Globe for for its first season. It premiered in the summer of 2015. It was all the rage. It was all the talk of the town. We somehow missed it. We snoozed on it, Antonio. What happened? I don't know. We just kind of picked it up in the middle of it and jumped through it, and both you and I burned through it as it was going on, but we weren't podcasting about it at the time. I don't know. I don't remember. We were just... Maybe we didn't want to watch it, Josh. Maybe we just wanted to have our heads down and not pay attention to things that mattered. I think that could possibly be the case. Uh, I remember the summer of 2015 well insofar as it was the summer that Rob Sesternino and I were finishing up the evolution of strategy, our Survivor audiobook. We were basically recording a different audiobook every single week and watching an entire season of Survivor. So I wasn't really paying much attention to anything that wasn't that and, unfortunately, True Detective Season 2. So Mr. Robot kind of went over my head. Yeah, and the other thing is, and, and we're going to talk about this a little bit on today's podcast, where we're going to set up kind of what Mr. Robot is, why you should watch, and what our plan for covering this season will be. But Mr. Robot, Josh, was a USA show. Yeah. And no offense to Burn Notice or 
any of these other shows that are on USA, but I don't think our expectations were that this was like week to week podcast quality before we saw it. And I think it took watching a couple of episodes for us to be like, holy crap, we really missed out on this. And we really started at that point formulating plans to do the very thing that we're starting today. Yeah. So Antonio and I, if you do not know who we are, then you are listening to Post Show Recaps for the first time. If you have listened to Post Show Recaps before or Rob has a podcast, hopefully you know who we are. We talk about TV. We talk about all sorts of stuff. Antonio and I, we famously talk about, or famously within the community perhaps, talk about The Leftovers, HBO's show from Damon Lindelof that's about grief and loss and all sorts of supernatural things that are happening or maybe not happening in this very, very intense world uh, that we like to discuss. But that only happens once a year. It's only going to happen one more time. And as Antonio and I were covering The Leftovers Season 2, we discovered Mr. Robot, much like the rest of the world was starting to discover Mr. Robot, or, or some of the world at least. And we decided then and there, whenever Mr. Robot is coming back, not only are we going to podcast about the return of the show, but we will do some podcasting leading up to the return of Mr. Robot and we just really got to wait and find out when that season two premiere date is going to be and we'll figure out a plan from there that premiere date dropped very recently Mr. Robot returns on July 13 2016 leaving us with the perfect amount of time to do a recap a rewatch of the 10 episode first season of the show one episode every week so this is your preview show leading into that endeavor Antonio we're going to recap the whole first season of Mr. Robot yeah, we are. We did the same, a similar thing with Justified, where we covered the final season, but we did recaps of each season leading up to that, and we did a full rewatch. This is a little bit less burdensome, though it will be no less entertaining, I think, uh, and uh, we've got a lot to look forward to on this rewatch, especially for a show like Mr. Robot, which certainly, there's a lot going on. There are characters whose intentions are questionable throughout, whose motivations are not always 100% clear. So I think a rewatch will be valuable, and and a a first watch is valuable to those who haven't seen it. So it's going to be tough for us to cover this show without spoiling it, but we've got a plan, Josh, don't we? We have a plan in place. So this is very important stuff. Right off the bat, we need to make sure that you guys are aware that we are going to be re-watching every episode of Mr. Robot, and we are going to be recording recap podcasts that are completely new user-friendly. We are going to be talking about Mr. Robot spoiler-free every single week. Simultaneously, we are going to be recording spoiler versions of our Mr. Robot rewatch, and they will all exist in the same podcast. What's going to happen is every once in a while, you are going to hear music like this. So what's going to happen is you're going to hear this beautiful music composed by series composer Mac Quayle. Very fantastic, creative genius, that guy. You're going to hear this music towards the end of each recap episode, and that is going to signal the end of the spoiler-free version. We will give you plenty of warning, and after the music ends, we are going to be talking about each episode from a spoiler-filled perspective. This is a show that is wrapped up in mystery. There's a lot going on. There are a lot of themes that we really want to drill down into in terms of a rewatch, why we want to, you know, that's a big part of the reason why we're doing this is it's a very complicated layered thing, but we also want to make sure that it's new user friendly. So this is the best way that we could have come up with to have our cake and eat it too, so to speak. So that's what you're getting into in terms of the rewatch. These podcasts should be good for people who have seen every episode of Mr. Robot and really want to re-experience it and should also be great for people who have never seen the show before and want to experience it for the first time. And I strongly encourage those people to stay away from the spoiler zones. You do not want to be there at any point in time. It's not a good 
place to be. You want to experience this thing with your own two eyeballs all on your own first. Yeah, and my guess is for people that are going to catch or going to watch for the first time, you're not going to want to go week to week when you can watch them all at once, and we understand that. Uh, just be mindful that other people aren't, aren't watching, are, are watching it for the first time and may not be able to kind of burn through them the way you are. So we're going to try to keep as many people unspoiled on this show as we can uh, because it's a great experience to kind of watch it all. It, I mean, there's a, it's, listen, we'll set up exactly what the show is right now, but it's a taut kind of psychological, mysterious thriller. And there are a lot of twists and turns and a lot of characters, as I said, whose motivations aren't always entirely clear and whose motivations may evolve over time. So I think it's worth staying unspoiled on for the intrigue of it all. Uh, and so for the people that are trying to do that, uh, we're hoping that everyone will be respectful. Everyone's going to play ball. I'm pretty sure that we're going to be okay here. But that's the plan. We are going to be recapping every episode of the first season of Mr. Robot all the way up until July 13, 2016, when season two of Mr. Robot will begin. And then we're just going to keep going. So we will really be in the zone when Mr. Robot returns. Hope you guys are along for the ride here on Robot Road. So let's start off Robot Road here, Antonio. What are we getting into here with Mr. Robot? For people who have never, ever heard of the show or completely unprepared for it, why should they you know, give this 30 minutes a week or however long we're going to go? Probably more like 300 hours per week because you and I tend to talk. I would like to say because we say so, but I can't imagine that we have the most credibility in the world. Uh, if I have any credibility at all, I would say check out the first episode, sight unseen, knowing nothing about it. But here is just a little bit of a summary. It is a USA show, but it's not like that. It's like any of the great cable dramas that you've seen. Call it Breaking Bad. Call it Sopranos. Call it a show of that caliber. That's this the is level. USA's like AMC moment. This Absolutely. Is, this was USA's moment where it had a show to be taken extraordinarily seriously. And again, like Antonio said, not to mock your burn notices of the world. I'm sure I haven't really seen it. I don't know White Collar. I don't know those shows very well. But Mr. Robot is, a, you know, that's a pan, it's becoming a Pantheon show, I think. Yeah, and I mean, I loved Psych. There are shows on USA that are very entertaining, but they're not necessarily that kind of peak TV, kind of high-class prestige television that USA is just not associated with, that more of your AMCs are associated with, your HBOs. And this is a show that absolutely would be right at home on any of those networks, and in, in some ways would be one of the, those networks' best shows. It was named the best show of 2015 by NPR, by Rolling Stone, by multiple critics. I think it was the first show ever to go 10 for 10 in a row in terms of Metacritic uh, or uh, Rotten Tomatoes, thumbs up on every episode. It's just from start to finish, it really delivers a high-quality product. It's very much tapping into the zeitgeist. There's a lot of connections to things that are happening. I was My, my jaw's on the floor in the first episode when one of the characters is talking about things in the news, and it were things that were in the news like that at that time, yeah. like things that were in the, the news last summer. So it's very much tapped into things that are happening right now from a news standpoint. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, no, it's really good. It comes from a very singular voice. Sam Esmail is the creator of the show. Uh, by my count, he hasn't really done much outside of Mr. Robot that you would really know about. Um, you know, he has some movies that he had a movie called Comet. It was a it was a movie released by IFC. I have not seen it. Other than that, he is you know fair. Fairly, you know, all in on Mr. Robot, and I believe actually he is directing every single episode of the second season of Mr. Robot. Uh, yep. But this is his brainchild. He is the writer. He is the creator. He is the occasional and soon to be 
permanent director of this show. Mr. Robot has a really specific visual tone. Um, it's a, it's very visually coherent. It comes from this very solid, opinionated voice that is really unlike anything that you've seen. A lot of negative space being used, lots of very dark tones. It's really just, you know, just to watch it, just in terms of a visual experience, it's a really spectacular thing to put your eyeballs on. Yeah, that's 100% correct. But it's also a very disorienting show, not just visually, but also in terms of the way that the show presents the events as they unfold. And that's because you're encountering the events through the eyes of Elliot Alderson. Elliot Alderson is a talented young computer programmer who has serious social anxiety disorder, does not relate well to others, may have some other issues uh, going on with substance abuse and things that are at play right at the beginning of this series. He's in counseling. individual. Yes, he's a very flawed individual, and you're taking in the world largely through his kind of lens. There's a lot of voiceover. There are comparisons to be made to Dexter, another show where the lead character is a flawed individual whose voiceover really drives the kind of action of the show. Uh, This is very much like that, the lead character, Elliot. His voiceover drives the main action of the show. It grabs you by the neck right from the beginning and doesn't really let go. It's haunting. It's disorienting. It's very uncomfortable in moments. Uh, it's a pretty real gritty show. There's just a, a lot to really like about the show as you take it in for the first time or on a rewatch. Yeah. Elliot Alderson, who is the main character of the show, he is played by Rami Malek, who is uh, up until this, I really didn't know much about Rami Malek other than he's a guy who blows himself up on an episode of 24, and I think he's a vampire in Twilight. <laughs> really yeah, I, I, had, <laughs> I had remembered him from 24. I did not know the Twilight connection. He's all also in the Pacific, the HBO miniseries, uh, and I remember seeing him in that miniseries and being like, "Man, who is this kid? He's uh-huh. really creepy. What's going on with this guy? Like this, there, he looks like he already has fought in this war and is haunted by what he saw at the beginning of the war." So yeah. th- he played a character named Snafu in the Pacific. If you remember that, you might remember that character because it's, he's, he leaves an impression when you first look at the guy. You're like, "Wow." This is a interesting cat for sure. He is, you know, he is just a very unique looking individual. And he, it feels to me like Rami Malek was put on earth to play Elliot Alderson. Oh yeah. You know, this is a character who is fully formed the moment you lay eyes on him. This is just, this is an actor who knows exactly what he is doing with this type of person. Uh, and he just, you know, you will, you will love him or you will not, but you will have a feeling about him really pretty immediately. And I think that he will also show incredible amounts of layers throughout the, the course of the first season at least um, and he is just he's just a spectacular character he is flawed as we have mentioned lots of anxiety lots of drug use involved as well he's also brilliant he is he is very very smart as Antonio mentioned he is really wrapped up in uh, in cybersecurity he is a, a hacker he is a vigilante hacker this is something that's baked into the premise that's also another bit of the Dexter element here he's He's not going around stalking the night and, you know, killing serial killers or anything like that. But his version of that involves hacking and making sure that his brand of justice is being served, how he sees the world in right or wrong. There is definitely an element of that in play. And Rami Malek is just playing that character really, really brilliantly. This was, you know, as far as protagonists on any new series that I can think of, this is a really singular standout character. 
Yeah, one hundred percent. And there are similarities when when you as you're talking, Josh. I'm hearing you saying intelligent, really kind of got some psychological issues. Really good at what they do. I'm thinking of Carrie Matheson on Homeland, uh, and Claire Danes is an actress who clearly is a very high quality actress. You've seen knock several different things out of the part, but when you see her on Homeland, you think, oh, of course, like she's perfect for this. And that's I think where we're at with Remy Malik is he's not comfortable. Like he is, he's very. I don't know my my muscles tense up and I get chills sometimes just even watching him interact with other characters on the screen. And it was a little bit like that in the Pacific. Like this is a guy who's very arresting when you watch his performance and he's not, he does not bring a lot of comfort to what he's doing. Uh, he's, he's doing a lot of kind of shifty, just he, the anxiety that he carries really plays through in his physicality, plays through in his eyes a lot, plays through on his face. Like he's just, you're right, just born to play this role. And if he were the only really great kind of role on this show, it would be one thing, but there are several other really interesting roles on the show. Lots of interesting characters. It's very colorful cast very complicated people that Elliot is interacting with and that we are getting to see on Mr. Robot but I would back it up for a second and say if Elliot Alderson was the only character that was this interesting on the show I would still be compelled you know that's how good he is thankfully there are lots of other compelling people but he really is the reason to tune in as far as I'm concerned right and I think that's where you draw the comparison to Dexter is that as far as the the intriguing characters go. Dexter was really the main one, unless he was going up against some other kind of serial killer, which there are a couple notable ones throughout the run. But the supporting characters in Dexter, a lot of the times were one or two dimensional, were not really fully fleshed out. Even Deb, Dexter's sister, didn't get the best kind of writing throughout. But the characters Don't in knock Robot, on Angel Batista. I'm, I'm not knocking. I love, I love Angel, I but again, not a lot of depth there. Sure. Uh, entertaining, but not a lot of depth there. But there's, there's just, I mean, there, there's a, there are other characters on Mr. Robot who I'm just as fascinated by as Elliot, yeah. uh, as I am Elliot, which is, uh, which is something to really say, considering how fascinating Elliot is. Yeah, I think that we're going to have a lot of really good talks throughout these podcasts about who these people are, what they represent, what they want, what they mean to Elliot, what they mean to each other. I think that we're going to get into some really great thematic stuff. And speaking of thematic stuff, Antonio, for you, what are some of the key themes for Mr. Robot that people are going to be getting into once we start digging into the show a little bit more? Well, and this is where comparisons to other kind of shows come in. I mentioned kind of what was going on in the zeitgeist, but one of the big sort of themes of Mr. Robot is that we kind of go through our lives, let's say, dulling ourselves to our realities, uh, not necessarily always tuned in to the horrible things that are happening or the ways in which systems are rigged against people. It's easier for us to just kind of blunt it uh, and do things like listen to podcasts, Josh, uh, or watch TV shows. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about either, but I'm just saying like this show is very much tapped into that there are things going on in the world and it's easier to ignore them, but there are some people or there are some kind of forces that may kind of combine to make you not want to ignore them and make you feel like you should do something about them. There was a, a TNT show I really liked that was more of a caper show called Leverage that I think shares a lot of DNA with the show in terms of that, in terms of, because that was a show leverage 
that was focused on an ex-insurance adjuster who wanted to get revenge on the insurance company he worked on. Uh, and he did that by creating this sort of super security team uh, who could take down horrible corporations, take down bad people uh, who were affecting lives negatively. So there's a lot of that. There's a lot of connections, I would say, to anonymous uh, and hacker organizations that are existing in the world to try to do that sort of weird vigilante justice. So it is very tapped in to the, the sorts of things that are going on in the world right now. And I think that makes it a, a unique show in that regard uh, compared to other shows which are character studies or studies of very particular places in time. This show very much feels of the present and of the current day and of the things that are happening right now. I think Bernie Sanders would probably like this show. You though. think so? <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of hacker jargon that goes on on this show for sure that often goes straight over my head. I am not the most savvy person in that department. But it's still, you know, I think a lot of it, even if you don't know what the heck they're talking about with some of these things and some of these attacks, these cyber attacks that go on on the show, I think that the way it's presented with the types of music, you know, the music pieces that we're getting from Matt Quayle or just the visual design, the set design, the way that the show is shot really ratchets up the tension in those moments that you really don't need to know what a DDoS attack is in order to appreciate the severity of the thing. It's a direct denial of service, Josh. So, okay, so Antonio is going to be our guy who's going to be able to explain all of that stuff for us. Well, let me just real quick, DDoS attack is when you just send multiple, like hundreds of thousands of users at a particular website at a particular time so you crash it. It's so that you can so that you can overload the servers with requests to return the website. And sometimes people do this on accident. It's known as the Reddit hug. When someone posts a link to a, a smaller website on Reddit that everyone on Reddit all of a sudden wants to click on and crashes. Uh, but by using sort of computers and, and networks, you can take down sites that way. By just sending so many requests at them, you take them down. It's a very popular thing. For example, Making a Murderer, which was a big show last year, uh, Anonymous decided we're going to DDoS uh, the Manitowoc County servers. So they just sent a bunch of different kind of requests from millions of users across the country, across the world to take down that site so no one could access it. Yeah. So that sort of thing happens all the time. It happens in our daily lives. We're not necessarily in tune to it. I mean, I'm not a hacker, but when you read about it, you you're sure? reading about I'm not going to talk about it. But when you read about things that happen, you, re you realize and you recognize that, okay, so these are the sorts of things that are going on in Mr. Robot. Like you realize that, oh, when this sort of thing happens, when I'm reading about that, what happened on the back end is six or seven really crazy people used all these complicated computer protocols to ruin this one thing. Uh, and that's the sort of thing that, that the show really delves in for sure because it is happening in our world Day by day by day. Day by day, Jeff. Day by day. Day by day. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's good. You know so much more than I definitely do. So as per usual, that is the format when you and I talk. <laughs> I'm going to help you upgrade your root kit, Josh. No, that's not. Oh, that's stay not away from thing. my root kit. I that's don't want you anywhere near that. I just wanted to that. say root kit. Yeah. Move away. Come on, root kit. All right. So let's talk about some other themes. I think a big one, too. And I mean, you already hinted at this, but it's just sort of, you know, in a single word is power. Uh, and I think, you know, grabs for power and what it means to have power and different types of power, who has power, who doesn't have power. What can you do when you don't have power? How do you become powerful? How do you turn off power? How do you turn it 
on. I think that that is one of the most important things that you see on this show is just sort of that. And I think that that's very present in a lot of shows, but I think it's dealt with in kind of a very literal way as well here with a lot of these characters, not just with Elliot, but with, you know, I'm, I'm, all, I'm trying not to say names, but there's a few that can really just pop in your head immediately just in terms of what it is to go after power, what you lose in the process of doing that, what you gain in the process of doing that. Uh, I think that that's going to be a big one that you and I are going to be watching as we talk about the show. Yeah, for sure. And that the power is a big part of it. You can wrap capitalism up into that if you want, uh, or just the way that systems operate. But that's a big thing. China comes into play and is discussed on the show. And especially the Chinese may be using kind of cyber terrorism as part of what they're doing. Um, this certainly comes into play as we talk about the stuff that happened with Sony and the North Korea hacks and the allegations that countries were involved in some of those things that have sort of emerged to not necessarily be true. Uh, and these, th- this idea that there are extra national groups that don't really pledge to any one kind of banner or flag uh, that really exist to take down ideas or take down things that represent things that they don't like, uh, that sort of thing really is, is prevalent throughout Mr. Robot. Uh, and it certainly is something that we know happens a lot in society as well. Yeah, and I think that it's you know even beyond just sort of the global scale and you know the political scale and all of that, I think that there is something really intimate about the way that power is depicted on the show as well. Uh, I think, you know, it's power in your personal relationships, in your personal life, in your career, uh, power in yourself, you know, mastery over your own emotions and your own abilities and how you control yourself and present yourself to people and how you can gauge how other people are presenting themselves to you. Power is depicted in a really personal way on top of all of that. And I think that that's one of the most fascinating themes of the show. Also, paranoia. Paranoia will destroy it is a big one. And I think that it's baked into the idea of the way that the show is shot and the way that the show is edited and, you know, the narration that you're getting from Elliot and certainly the way that you're engaging with the show as the viewer, you're going to have lots of questions along the way. Uh, So I think that the viewer is really dipped into the pool of paranoia that Elliot is really submerged into as well. And that's a really fun element of Mr. Robot. Yeah. And Sam Esmail and, and Rami Malik both are Egyptian Americans. So they are there. There's a reason that they want to, that Rami's involved in this project and that Sam wanted Rami involved in this project. And there's a reason that this is a very personal project for Sam Esmail. And I think as you talk about power, you can't talk about that without talking about what Sam Esmail's context would be and what influences what he's doing uh, and whether or not you want to talk about other things that he's done. This is certainly something he conceived to be a feature film that he has played out into a television series. Right. The first episode is almost feature film length and quality, uh, and it's ready. I mean, it's maybe a half an hour away from being a full-length feature film. But in the development of the show, his initial idea, Sam Asmail's initial idea, was to write a movie. Right. Um, and in the writing of the movie, realized, oh, wait, I think that this is a show. Uh, and that's what we're seeing. And I think that the first act of his planned movie ended up being the first season of Mr. Robot. Yeah, and I think that I think that it it all comes from this place of kind of alienated figures, people who are on the fringes, people who are on the outside, either because they feel alienated because they have some kind of anxiety or some condition. Maybe they're alienated for another reason, maybe it's age, maybe it's religion, maybe it's income. We don't necessarily know, but this is very much about people that that kind of live on the fringes or that feel alienated, and I can't help I but wonder fringe. 
I can't help but wonder. There's definitely an alternate universe implied. No, I can't help but wonder if some of that comes from Sam Esmail's upbringing and some of the things that he may have felt uh, as growing up in America as an Egyptian American, part of one culture, part of another culture, but maybe not wholly belonging to either one uh, in a way that the other would embrace it. So I think that that's. Uh, I think he's he's a fascinating person. I think this is a kind of a great subject matter for creator and star to really work with, uh, and it's the perfect time for it. There's there's a lot of harmonic convergence going on here is what I'm getting at. This is a special show. We can't really talk about why or what a Mr. Robot is, but that is the name of the show. And I know for me, you know, when I kept hearing about Mr. Robot throughout the summer while I wasn't watching it, the summer of 2015, and I kept hearing people say, oh my God, Mr. Robot, did you see that on a Mr. Robot this week? So much of the time I was just thinking, Mr. Robot? Really? And I do think that a lot of the time, you know, you don't judge a book by its cover, but you kind of do. And I think with a TV show, often you can judge a show by a name. It's like, oh, I'm hearing about this show called Mr. Robot, and I'm not so sure that I want to buy into that. That sounds kind of goofy. I think a classic example of that um, in like the relatively recent, you know, period of golden TV is probably like Battlestar Galactica. You don't know that a show has such tremendous depth when it's called Battlestar Galactica. I felt the same way about Mr. Robot before I gave it a shot. Did you have any issue from a name perspective or do you at least understand the point of view that i think a lot of people probably do have if they have not engaged mr robot before i do understand i did not have a similar issue uh but i, I definitely understand there are there's a movie called irobot there are things irobot that's the name of that movie irobot yeah. yes with with will smith right with, with wild smith with the Wildsmith, yeah. yes, uh, the the Fresh Prince, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's a there's the iRobot thing. There's there are, there are other things that are in play that can make it questionable. Mister Robot sounds like a vacuum cleaner to me, but but yeah, well, I like understand. a childhood toy. Like I feel like he would be friends yeah. with Mister Bucket. Yeah, and he and Teddy Ruxpin would have right. a lot to say to each other. There would be that. Yeah, so oh, Mister Robot. Yeah, I'm Mr. Robot. You can take a bath with Mr. Bubble and oh then God. have fun with Mr. Robot. Oh, that yeah. sounds really naughty. <laughs> Very naughty. Very That's, naughty. No, Mr. no. Robot. You can clean yourself and yeah. then, you know, then you can you can not get a robot dirty. Do I not talk to Mr. Robots you don't know. Yes, exactly. That's what my parents taught me, Josh, yes, yes. Uh, in this in this age of robot. But yeah, this is a, it's not really a, a barrier for me, but I can understand that. And I'll just say, I think the title has probably 15 meanings when yes. it comes right down to it. It's not something that can easily be summed up with one particular thing. And I think that if you look at it from that perspective, uh, maybe it's a lot less of a hurdle. It is not a show that is about robotics in any way, like the the mechanized, let's build a, a robot. It's not about that. Uh, Spoiler it is about- alert, I thought that this was about the Terminator. Oh, the Terminator. Yes, this is the T-1000, Mr. Robot. Right. Uh, I'm looking for John Robot. Uh, no, this is not what's happening here. This is the Sarah Robot Chronicles. Oh, man. No. This is no, show. this is no, this is not it. This is, there's no, there's no actual robot involved here, uh, but there are a lot of things that are questionable uh, in terms of the title and a lot of different interpretations in play, but none of them involve making actual robots, which yeah. maybe probably disappointed some people. It probably did, but let's yeah. just set, that's one thing that I feel like we can set everybody's expectations 
expectations on is no robots were harmed in the making of Mr. Robot as far as we know or used. Uh, but I, I do agree. I think that once you get into the show, Mr. Robot makes perfect sense as a title for this show. Uh, I think also just the way that they use the title treatment. Uh, it's, it's a beautifully designed title, really evocative. And I think the whole show really is, is evocative of sort of this 1980s, 1990s techno thriller vibe. Um, and I think that the way that they play up in, in their cold opens, really building up to the title reveal yes. with swelling music and swelling moments, it really becomes an event. You know, the first five minutes of any given episode really becomes almost the highlight of any episode for me um, is the way that they'll start an hour off. And it all comes down to when is Mr. Robot going to punch its way onto the screen as a title? Uh, it becomes a really fun thing that you start to look forward to. So if Mr. Robot was at all repellent to any of you, uh, I will assure you as somebody who is similar, um, who, who is a little worried about a show called Mr. Robot, or at least a little unsure about a show called Mr. Robot, that it really becomes a very favorable aspect of the show. For me, I really, I can't imagine what you would call this show other than Mr. Robot by the end of the thing. Yeah, and and you're right. It is an exceedingly well-conceived and well-made show, in addition to being well-written, well-acted, uh, well-scored, like the things that we've talked about already. It's really well-shot and well-orchestrated. The mise-en-scene, if you will, uh, if you want to use a pretentious French term, or just the way it looks, if you don't, uh, is beautiful. Just everything that is is composed like within the shots and the way it's set up. Yeah, I, I, I practiced that in. for you. Your true voice emerged. I practiced that for you. You mentioned Dexter. We talked talk a little bit about leverage i think also uh you and i were talking before 24 is another touchstone for me and we already mentioned 24 because rami malik blew up on 24 at one point <laughs> in time i don't remember what season that is i think it's season six uh it is one of those seasons one of the seasons that you know i really remember. hope they weren't still doing that in season six uh, and by that i mean having me watch the show <laughs> you can skip season six <laughs> season six is the worst season of 24 and it's not close every other season has some value season six has almost none hello friends Wiggler from the future cutting in to say that Rami Malek was on season 8 of 24. And sure, season 6 had almost no value, but it was the season where Jack Bauer bit out a man's throat, and it was pretty cool. Uh, but it, there, there's a sense of 24, you know, it, there's no Jack Bauer on this show or anything. There isn't a ticking clock across the entire series. It doesn't all take place in a single day. But there is this sense of tension and this sense of, um, you know, a rushing storyline. You know, there is a sense of really beating the clock within episodes and within moments of there's only so much time to do a thing. And there is this feeling of deception and betrayal that can emerge throughout the show that I think that 24 for me this really scratches that kind of itch i'm a huge huge 24 nut people who listen to our 24 recaps on post show recaps when the show came back last year certainly know that already but i feel like there is a little bit of that i feel like there's a little taste of 24 here as well yeah, I think that there's a lot going on there with uh, kind of agencies and things that we've talked about. And I think that you're right. There's a little bit of that. I will say, and this is, I, I, I try, I'm not trying to knock 24 because I, the first season of 24 is landmark television and I enjoyed the show throughout when I was watching it. But what I will say is I definitely think Mr. Robot is a notch above in terms of quality. 100% agreed. 
all the shows we've mentioned, including Dexter, including Leverage, including shows that we very much like or enjoyed. Uh, it's just a notch above. And uh, Josh, right before we started podcasting, you said that maybe this is a little kind of a successor in, in name, not in name, but in spirit to Breaking Bad. Can you expand on that a little bit more? Well, yeah, so I did say that Mr. Robot, I feel like, is the heir to what Breaking Bad had when Breaking Bad was bursting onto the scene and a lot of people were discovering it and a lot of people were falling in love with it at their pace. Not immediately. It wasn't like everybody saw season one of Breaking Bad and instantly it was this cultural phenomenon. It took a while. It was a burn. Um, but once people really started getting into it, they knew that they had something extraordinarily special on their hands, something really tense, uh, a really uh, you know, recognizably unique thriller with this, these beautifully drawn out characters and this world that you never knew that you wanted an entire TV show about. Uh, but it turns out that it was the show that you never knew you wanted so badly. I think that Mr. Robot has a lot of those qualities, especially the quality of, I think that people probably more so than the initial run of Breaking Bad are discovering it, I think, or at least it's more of a, of, of a it has more of a place in the cultural conversation. But I think that it is special and unique in its way, in its own way, that a lot of shows that I think are trying to be the next Breaking Bad or once upon a time when it was someone's trying to be the next Lost. I think that Mr. Robot is falling into that category for me by being its own totally, completely uncopyable thing. You can't clone Mr. Robot, and Mr. Robot's not cloning anything else. It's certainly borrowing themes from other notable pop culture icons. It is certainly playing up against that stuff, but I think in a very playful, winking and nodding way. I think that Mr. Robot has its own voice, and it is to be taken really, really seriously and be engaged with in a really entertaining way, in the same way that I would have said about Lost when Lost landed with such an impact, and when Breaking Bad eventually was realized to have had the impact that it had. I feel like Mr. Robot has that same sort of crater potential. Yeah, I think that that's right. And I think that not only crater, but creator, I think Sam Esmail and Vince Gilligan, their kind of touches on the show are similar in that you can tell that that breaking that that Mr. Robot is conceived by kind of a singular voice or by somebody or a team of people who are very much on the same page about what they want to do tonally, what they want to do from the way things are composed, whether it's music or shots, uh, what they want to do from a performance standpoint. Uh, there is very much kind of one stamp that that is played out in, in a st- signature kind of style, just the way everything develops over the course of the season uh, has a singularity to it in the way that Breaking Bad does and in the way, frankly, that other really good shows like Game of Thrones don't always do, which are bringing in multiple different people, uh, lots of different directors who maybe aren't always on the same page, don't necessarily have one dominant voice uh, who is controlling throughout. I may have showrunners that are directing episodes and writing episodes and that are involved in a whole bunch of different things. This is clearly kind of a a one-person project in a lot of what is reflected, and that one person may be really good at delegating people to do what they want, uh, but it is singular in terms of its tone and vision, uh, and it doesn't really stray too far from that. And Breaking Bad is, is, there's a lot going on there tonally and visually, but I think that ultimately the show has its own style that I think it, it, Mr. Robot is very similar in having its own style. All right, so what else should we talk about before we wrap up? Just a quick show, just to whet your appetites for what's coming uh, down the line as we proceed forward on Robot Road. Uh, I would say, Antonio, nobody Look up Mr. Robot. 
don't yeah, go, go on, look it up. Don't don't go on the internet and start googling Mr. Robot. Do not Google Mr. Robot. Leave your Mr. Robot coverage to Antonio and I. We will tell you everything that you need to know. You can write questions into us. Postshowrecaps.com/slash/feedback. We are also going to get a specific Mr. Robot email address that you can email questions into. We will answer them here on the show. You can always tweet at us. I'm at Round Howard. Antonio is at AC Mazzaro. Two Z's, one R. Uh, plenty of different ways to get in touch with us. Just don't go to the wiki. Don't go to the anything. Stay away from the internet when it comes to Mr. Robot. Let the secrets of the show unveil for themselves on the show itself. Yeah, because there are a lot of them, and there are there are ones that you know that that will be better. Uh, I mean, even just, there's so much craziness going on. Uh, it's just a great show, uh, and the less you know about it, uh, besides what we've said, I think the better. And so I think that that's the best way to really kind of. I know that's how you and I both took it in, even though everyone was talking about it. I think that's the best way to take the show in for sure. Uh, speaking of taking the show in, Josh. How can we take the show in? Where, where can we watch? Yeah, where do you find Mister Robot? Well, Antonio, you have to go to the internet, like you just told you everyone. You do have to, to go do. to the internet, so that makes this difficult. <laughs> <laughs> well, Antonio and I, we were talking before uh, earlier today, before we started recording, about where you can watch Mister Robot, and we got into like a little mini argument over whether or not Mister Robot is on Hulu. I said Mister Robot is absolutely on Hulu because I'm currently watching Mister Robot on Hulu. Uh, I am using my TV provider to get in you have to use that you have to have a tv provider but otherwise it's totally on hulu and antonio you were looking and you did not find the robot on the hulu no it's not there for me you've been tried i tried multiple different ways it certainly wasn't on my uh, hulu plus apps i went to the desktop site it was there but then it wouldn't let me log in with my tv provider did you get ddos attacked i might have got a ddos attack i know i could i could access the hulu but robot mr robot not there ddos wiggler not there so yeah, so there, there are that you can you can always go on Amazon and buy the episodes. I would say if you haven't dipped your toe into the Mister Robot waters yet, just buy the first one. If you don't like the show after the first one, first of all, sorry for you uh, because it's a great show. But, but if you don't like all, it after the first one, you're probably not going to be in on Mister. That's exactly right. You're not going to be in on it because for me, I'm in on this show after the first five minutes. Yes, like, I I'm agree. totally grabbed, and I'm I'm ready to watch the rest of it because it's fantastic kind of opening really gets right at you. Um, but if you're not on the show after the first episode, then you're probably not going to be in on the show and that's fine. Um, some people, it might hit a little too close to home. There might be themes that they are too uncomfortable, or maybe they're just going to be lost with the narration or the tech jargon or whatever, and they just won't like it. But I recommend at least buying the first one. If you want to buy an episode, if you can't find it on Hulu, uh, it's also an on demand. If you have any kind of access to that, um, through various different providers, it's a USA show. Most of their shows are available on demand, so you can access it that way for sure. Yeah, and I can't imagine if there's any other way on the internet to access Mr. Robot. Yeah, uh, there's probably no other way to get that. Yeah, I, I certainly don't think Elliot Alderson would know another way to find can't it. can't imagine but, that that would be the case. So yeah. that, is, that is it. That's how you find Mr. Robot. Go, on, go online. Don't read about Mr. Robot, but search for Mr. Robot, the show on Hulu, on Amazon, on demand. We are not being paid to say that, but you have to find Mr. Robot so that you can watch the show, follow along with what we're doing here on Post Show Recaps. Got a hashtag to start this thing off, Antonio. Is it as simple as hashtag Robot Road to let us know that you guys are joining us on the road i think that sounds good sounds, i like 
I like DDoS Wiggler as well. <laughs> All right, you can give me that. DDoS Wiggler, but that that's like a great Twitter handle. Yeah, uh, DDoS Wiggler. Yeah, maybe I'll go and get that, or somebody else will before I do. Uh, but follow what we're doing here at Round Howard is I Antonio is at AC Mazzaro to these one R. Postshowrecaps.com slash feedback is how you get your questions into us. Postshowrecaps.com slash iTunes is the subscription to everything we're doing on Post Recaps. We'll have a specific Mr. Robot feed coming up for you shortly. One episode recap every single week leading up to the july 13 2016 season two premiere of mr robot and from there we will keep marching forward so robot road in full swing antonio anything else no you're just josh you're also covering game of thrones yes. you're not at post show recaps you also cover game of thrones for the, the hollywood reporter it's true right? i've heard oh this gosh. i've you heard this you are a Game of Thrones expert, uh, and so you have no less than three Game of Thrones podcasts per week here at Post Show Recaps. Uh, so if you're not, if you're a Game of Thrones fan and you're not for some reason tuning into those, I think you should check them out. Check them out. I agree with Antonio. We have other stuff we do here as well. Fear the Walking Dead podcasts going on right now. The occasional, Blair. the occasional most shows recap that we are doing here, where we're talking about all sorts of TV shows, taking a little bit of a hiatus as we start off Robot Road here. Seinfeld podcast, Saturday Night Live, Once Upon a Time, tons of stuff going on in Post Show Recaps. So subscribe to everything we're doing. Again, postshowrecaps.com slash iTunes. Anything else, Antonio? No, I think that's it. I'm really looking forward, Josh, to doing both the uh, the first timers kind of recap and then the spoiler zone for people that watch the show through once i gotta think if you watch the show through once uh you're gonna love a rewatch this summer before it's, we start season two it's gonna be fun i'm really excited about both of those aspects i think it's gonna be a really good time all right hope you guys join us on robot road as we march forward towards the mr robot season two premiere and beyond take care everybody goodbye bye-bye